everybody. Welcome to Outspoken. This is episode 95. My name is Justin White. And my guest today, this week, right now, is my friend Tim Binko. Um, he's a really nice guy. He's uh, multi-talented. And he's doing some cool things and bringing some of his many gifts to the world. Uh, one of which comes in the form of some really good hot sauce. So uh, let's get right to it. Um, but before we do, just before we do, in case you've never heard the sound of nine dogs who are happy and tired, uh, here they are. Um, so can you tell me, I, as I mentioned earlier, I really know nothing about your childhood or what it was like growing up in Youngstown. Um, I, I, I say Youngstown, but I actually, I grew up in a city called Camel, which is, it's Campbell, but no one knows how to pronounce anything there. So, uh, <laughs> so it's like spelled like the soup. Um, so it, it at one time was East Youngstown okay. um, and then like 80 years ago or so they, it became its own city and then the East side of Youngstown whatever was left was the east side of Youngstown. Okay. So I say Youngstown because people from California or wherever else would never know where Campbell, Ohio is. And especially if you said camel. Camel, which I, is what I definitely say. Um, so what was that like? Well, it was it was a really normal, what I believe to be middle-class upbringing. And then I, I grew up, like I was a, a young child when the mills went down. Mm-hmm. So the steel mills, which I've, that was the only type of mill I knew. And I've come to realize when I say mill, it could some mean people, other things yeah, like textiles and like, Oh, I guess we're out here. wood. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Lumber mill. Um, but it, it was, it was a good place to grow up. It was, it was that solid, like you being from, you know, Michigan, I imagine was probably similar, you know, the, the fireworks, at the 4th of July and the running around in the hot summer and, you know, just running around with friends. And, mm-hmm. but yeah, it got, it got, um, it went from being really comfortable to being uncomfortable when the like, mills closed. literally everyone lost their jobs. There was very few people that, you know, still had solid em- employment. I mean, and I'm sure their employment was probably affected because right. other people didn't have any money to go to their shops or use yep. their services. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. At the time it didn't seem that bad. Looking back, it kind of was like when, when, uh, you know, my dad was one of those people that he had a a side business. He installed carpeting, so he still had some income. But he had been working in the mills as well? Yeah, but he, he, yeah, he had been working, um, he was a, he was a carpet, he was in the, he went to the military, so he was in the army. And then he got a job with Strauss's installing carpet. And then they closed down and he lost his job, which I don't think I was alive then. Um, and then he went to the, the Camel Works, the sheet and tube mill, 
and and um, I, I remember going to the picnics and they always had a Christmas party, mm-hmm. and we would we would we'd get very excited about it because we knew we were going to get some kind of like weird little gift like a transistor radio or oh really yeah yeah like they'd give all the kids would get something and if you didn't go and you're and all your friends got that transistor radio or the flashlight from radio shack you were bummed yeah you'd be super bummed yeah almost Um, ashamed yeah and then there was you you try to figure out a way to get one and it just wasn't possible but uh yeah it was it was really just this normal fun life and then it went away and how old were you you said you were young i was i was less than 10 so it, were, it, went were on, you... it went on for a long time well i'm sure it was like a local depression yeah they 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 were they like black friday was in 77 so <laughs> you know i was single digits at that point and uh-huh. that went on 77 to like into the 80s um, where they were occasionally called back to work. And then there was there was a lot of uh, stuff going on where they were bringing in younger guys because they could pay them less. Okay. Like, there was all this weird stuff. And I remember they had to get attorneys to, you know, kind of fight for these jobs that were never going to come back. And, and I think there are people there now still waiting for these jobs to right. come back. It's it's kind of depressing. That's, yeah, that's sad. But, um, but yeah, I... I just kind of plodded along and we, we all did our, our thing that seemed normal, but looking back, you know, there was, there was definitely, um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that good. Like it was, <laughs> it was a, a very depressed area and we were all pretty broke mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. What, what was it like as you got older, like when you started to want to do things and couldn't? Or couldn't buy certain things. Well, or... I like I I cut grass in the summer when I was still younger, mm-hmm. and in a weird way, I felt like I had a lot of money because <laughs> I was able to buy a pair of jeans or something yeah. like that. When you're a kid, yeah. ten bucks is a lot of money. Yeah, um, but I I always worked. I always had some kind of work ethic. So I I I actually went to a vocational school in high school. Oh. which I was sort of forced into it. It was one of those where I didn't seem like I had any direction and I don't think I did. <laughs> um, but you wouldn't have chosen that. No, no. I, my last two years of high school, I went to a vocational school. So I got a job uh, from that. I was, a, I, I became a machinist mm-hmm. and um, hated it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely hated it. But And I, you could see where it would lead you if, I mean, what, what can you... What would you be doing? You'd be a machinist yeah. the rest of your life. And I worked around a lot of people. Many of them I didn't care for. Mm. Uh, we didn't think alike. I, I wasn't even really sure what I thought at the time. I, I just knew that I disagreed with most opinions I heard in machine shops. Because I worked in three different ones. In did my you have a sense that you wanted to get out of Pittsburgh or get out of? Oh, God, there, yeah. Like yeah. Early, as soon as you could? Yeah. Okay. Um, Were you it, aware of the world were you aware of what else was out there a little bit um i the the idea or the concept of leaving really wasn't something people there thought of um if that makes any sense i think that's true in most places actually that was for somebody else it wasn't for someone like me yeah um even going to college i didn't go immediately after high school it took me 
the better part of two to three years before I finally started going. And then I even stopped for like a year and then went back and, and I was, I was in college for so long. I, I, I never graduated. Like I, I was, I probably had enough credits. I was a psychology major originally, and then I switched to dietetics and I probably could have just got my degree in psychology and, uh-huh. and, uh, but just kept going and going. And then I just reached a point where I stopped and, that was, I was at that time, I was also studying martial arts. I went, I got involved with that, which was kind of saved me from a lot of things. Like it, it, when did you start that? Because by the time I met you, I think you were already, are you a black belt? I am a black belt. And what is it? What's your martial uh, art? Pukulon Chamindi. Right. <laughs> remember it's, asking you five times to it's say it's an that. Indonesian Chinese blend in this case. Um, okay. so it's, it's a very interesting, uh, background with a lot of twists and turns and what, and what would it be most closely related to of the ones that people know uh sea lot uh which is indonesian um okay. and there's a lot of kung fu in it too so uh there's a lot of you know big sweeping moves and you know the, the, there's the the indonesian part was very hard hitting basic you know where the chinese is very flowing and beautiful and hmm. those two together uh they seem to work well um but it it was uh it was a great place um I, and you I, say it saved you it's like it gave you a focus there gave was, you something to do yeah there was some direction and there was you know this sense of community and and um yeah i had a lot of friends getting into trouble and this i, I guess i was angry too i think most people back there are or i think most young people. boys in our most places are yeah. angry about something it was it was a definitely it was a release like i i just remember never feeling like i wanted to fight same it was just this you know we would go places and there would be whatever going on and and i wasn't irritated by it because i was just constantly sparring and you know we we had full contact it was a, a regular you know fights that were so any issues you had were worked out mm-hmm. with your friends at this school which was basically an old house that's cool that um what was your uh do you call him your sensei or is there a different title for the uh my teacher uh i called him his, his sensei his, is japanese right? it, it is japanese um he he went by his, well his teacher uh was guru guru is teacher in indonesian and he did not take that title as guru he adopted he he goes by naga sep which which means uh sep means um naga is dragon and and sep means chief so that's a good name yeah and that's what i still call him dragon uh, chief dragon chief um but or, or chief dragon chief dragon is what it was yeah but out of respect for his teacher, who has a very interesting uh, story, um, he would not take guru as uh, as a title. Um, and then we all... He, he felt like his teacher alone should have that title? or For or, him, there was only one there was guru. There only one guru, okay. And, uh, and um, yeah, his teacher was a, a man by the name of Guru Willie Wetzel, who uh, is a very, very interesting... Um, background and and sounds like an american name or he uh, i mean not uh, Wetzel, he was of but... dutch and indonesian uh, okay. descent and um uh, apparently was the real deal like was was 
there's a there's a real background that um it, I, he's all over the internet and you know the, it's, right. but um he uh yeah my teacher just had was you know so much reverence for him that he there was no way he was he was taking his you know taking the title as guru that's cool um but that whole scene though was just it was just so funny like looking back at that sometimes i can't even identify with that person anymore like i'm i'm really removed from that i in, I, in what way i just i don't really study i like i do things every so often to make sure i could still do certain things but mm -hmm. you know i don't i don't work out in a, in a martial arts fashion anymore or like it was just who i was at one time and i'm not that person anymore um, is that how you felt that like this it really was your identity that was like a big part of it was definitely a, how you a huge part of my identity yeah yeah like that they were like family those a lot of those folks and and um but i mean in terms of how you presented in the world was that was it important for you that people know that about you not or? really um i actually kept that secret uh for a long time i think uh, that's why i'm asking because i think a lot of people don't I mean, there are certain types who misuse it and they go out looking for fights and or tell everybody, hey, I'm a black belt. But most I, black belts yeah. I know don't ever say it. They just it, wait, they wait for it to come up. Well, I, I think I was studying at that school for, especially considering where I lived, where it was kind of small town. People knew other people's business. and But I, um, I might have been there two or so years before certain you know like people would finally start saying stuff to me mm. like i kept it quiet at my job at the time for a long time until i did i i think i fought in a tournament or something and someone said something to some you know one of those things where yeah. someone at work mentioned it to me and i was just like oh man did you were you ever forced to use anything any yes stuff that you didn't Yes. Like you wouldn't have wanted to fight, but you defended yeah. yourself? Yes, yes. Um, in, in like the case I was just talking about, I worked, the job I had at the time, there was just a lot of people that were kind of idiots, um, you know, that... Just I, partial And idiots. I just, I could think of one guy, and as soon as he found out, he had to come and start trying to do slap fight. Great. Where it's just like... <laughs> You know, yeah. and we had a little moment, and I I did hurt him, and and then he started complaining, and it's like you started. You pretty much asked for it, yeah. yeah. Um, which yeah. you know, I'm not proud of that. Uh, but yeah, it's I, you don't want that crap. No, I had a couple things like that. I never ever wanted to fight anyone, mm -hmm. and I had, and because I was kind of big, people always wanted to fight me, mm -hmm. and I just had to do usually with words I could get out of it, but often I had to physically ward off a, an attack you know mm -hmm. and each of the times that i can think of it was just like a it was like please don't do it please like i'm just warning that i no, i don't want to get into this let's not let's not fight and they wouldn't let it go and mm -hmm. then i had to just do like one thing that would smash them like the, just one move that ends it and then you stop and then you're not fighting anymore yeah, you always have that. There's there always has to be that person that has to come and do the hiya, you know. Yeah. I probably was that person to to my friend, you know, <laughs> my twelve year old black belt friend. I probably did stupid. I know I did actually, but I was twelve, so I think it's, I think it can be forgiven. You weren't twenty four or or no, whatever. I, I think he should eventually grow out of that. 
Yeah. Um, well, I, the desire to fight in general just doesn't, I can't understand it. I can't, I mean, I understand it psychologically, but I don't, I can't relate. I've never wanted to fight anybody physically. I've I, wanted to get people out of my face. You know, mm -hmm. I wanted to like be away from people who are being physical, but I don't want to fight them. I, um, I know that, I know that there was a time in my life where I, there were people that if they were, because you always have your bullies and people like that in high school, even if you see them doing something to someone else, I remember feeling that, like, I really would like to hurt that person. Yeah, I've, I can, I'm not saying I've never had that impulse. I've definitely wanted to, like, put it, that's, but that's the only time. Like, mm -hmm. the only time I want to fight somebody is, is to stop them from mm -hmm. doing what they're doing. It's not like I want to go find somebody to beat up. I knew those people. Yeah, I, I knew a lot too. of those yeah, people. I don't like that. Um, and I had a lot of those people as my friends. Like those were, you know, because when you grow up on a street, there's especially if, you know, there's 30 kids on the street, they're, for better or worse, they're your people. Yeah, you're kind of stuck with them. And uh, yeah. And, and sometimes you run with the tougher kids so that you don't get on the other side of what they're yeah, dealing out. Yeah. And, um, you know, especially when you're in a place where it is depressed and, and, you know, everyone's trying to maybe hide that they don't have something or they don't want, you don't want to be the person that's getting picked on because you're, you don't have the new jacket or jeans right. or whatever it is. You yeah. start, you know, acting a certain way. And I just, that's how everybody was. Hmm. So, if only someone could have come into that little circle and say like, Hey everyone, see how everybody is acting out in this way, in the same exact way. And if we would just all admit what's going on with us, we yeah. wouldn't have to do that. And unfortunately, I think, you know, a lot of those folks I've run into them here and there and they're still, <laughs> they it, really have not changed. It's gotta be. I mean, if you don't change anything about your life, then your mindset is not really going to change that much. It's not going to expand if you don't yeah expand yeah. it but it it um um back to the whole martial arts thing i it was it, it's it's funny it kind of feels like it came and went and it lasted a long time i was in that for you know more than a decade but it's like when i think about it now it's it's something that's just not even who i am anymore um and i, you I mean often, like ideologically too uh, or just in terms of maybe, you don't train. I don't train. I guess there's things I still fully believe in. And there are things that I think my mind was open to that it's never, that's never gone away. Yeah. Like I, I've definitely, I've, I've seen things and, you know, just full on right in front of my face, witness stuff that was like, wow, like pure energy wow. caused that to happen. Nice. And maybe I've had those moments myself, maybe not to the level of, some people, but I, I just, you know, I think magic happens and, you know, so to speak in, in a, a lot of ways. And, and, uh, I agree. Yeah. There's certain stuff you can't explain, but you can, well, you can witness it. Yeah. And our, and our school is haunted by the way, which oh, a yeah? lot of people do not believe in, which I do. I do too. But I witnessed some stuff firsthand in that place that, you know, with other people sitting there where we're looking at each other, like, holy shit, that, that right. just happened. I want to hear about that. Well, the school itself, the school is the Dragon's Temple, and, and there was different incarnations of that building. It, it, 
SEP had moved it around. Um, I think, you know, whatever was the most affordable place. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we were in an old house down in a, you know, bad part of, of, uh, of camel. Um, we were right near these projects that were kind of notoriously bad. Um, so, so it was kind of sketchy getting to and from. Oh, heck yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and we actually had to run, there was two courses. There was a five mile course and a seven mile course that you had to run. And as part of the training. Part of the training. Yeah. And when you were put on your, uh, you would get put on your, um, like notice for your next test. And we didn't do a ton of belts. We had sashes until our black belt. And then we used both sashes and our belt. Uh, so we had a black belt or a red sash or a black sash if customarily, if you were going to kill someone. Like there was all this stuff that, wow. you know, we didn't actually do that, but there were some ceremonial things that, you know, um, that were there. Uh, okay. But anyway, running the course was part of that. You had to keep a log and, but yeah, a lot of it was right through the projects and it was just like the worst part of So would of, you get taunted or chased or yelled at or like what would happen? A little bit, a little bit. Um, I remember running the running it one time with, I taught self-defense for a, a while and one of my, one of the students in my class was this, um, this, this kid who probably is a huge man now. Mm -hmm. um, but at the time, you know, he was kind of chubby and, and we went out and we were running and they were yelling at him. And I remember thinking like in 10 years, this dude's going to be like two feet taller than all of you. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I guarantee, you know, based on his dad, because um, okay. his dad was a, a uh, offensive lineman. For the Steelers? Um, no, no, no. He played okay. for the Youngstown Hard Hats. I don't know if he ever played pro, but Youngstown Hard Hats were a um a, a minor league football team. I like the I like the the name. Uh, I don't even know if they're still around, but uh just really, so, really big dude. Um All right. So that so it was like an old house in a crappy part of town. Yeah, or, or yeah. Like no, shady. I mean, yeah, it, it was. And it you know, it was kind of decrepit and we we did our best to, you know, keep it keep it up. Um, we would have these like work weekends sometimes where it's basically like just trying Clean. to cleaning or fixing a broken window or, you know, okay. depending on what skill level you were, but Mr. Miyagi style. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was basically, you know, wash the car, you know, the you get your, get the, get some free labor more or less. Right. Yeah. You're <laughs> learning because there was no money to fix anything, but, um, you know, we didn't have a phone. The electricity was barely ever paid, you know, the okay. gas sometimes would be shut off, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, back to the, the, the school, the building was haunted. There was just no two ways about that. You know, everyone would regularly hear the footsteps upstairs, doors would open and close, you know, your stuff would, it, you'd put something somewhere and it would be gone and then it would be sitting somewhere else or it would be literally hanging on a chain in the, the, you know, what was the kitchen, which was actually like the entry area where there was a desk and, but it was a kitchen. Right. Um, and th this stuff happened all the time. Um, the bags would just start swinging downstairs. That's where the all the heavy bags were. Okay. And, the and you knew nobody else was in the house. When, oh, yeah. And all of the kids were accounted for yeah. and the teacher and everybody. Yeah. Some people, when they were the 
because you'd get put on your six months when you were going to be trained for your black, where you tested for your black belt. And there were some people that had to sleep in the school and then they'd, you know, that more the next morning at whatever five or six in the morning your test would start and it was you know i don't know how many hours i don't even remember it they was, had to sleep in the school or they just showed if it? sept told you to sleep in the school and he'd meet you there in the morning you slept in the school holy crap so there were some people did you have to do that i did not i thought i was uh-huh. i kind of you you know everyone has something different and yeah. no i didn't have to which i was actually very relieved by yeah, that. I bet. Because I had witnessed enough things in that school to, I was aware that, excuse me, that I was not going to sleep that night. Uh-huh. Um, Does did anybody know the history of the house? Who lived there before it was? It was in. Um, uh, so my teacher's, his wife's family. Someone owned it. Um, I never learned really. Never heard about it. Anyone, somebody who. An unhappy ghost, somebody who died and no, didn't didn't want to die. Never, never really heard anything. Um, so I'm not saying that that didn't happen, but yeah. there was there was definitely uh, an energy in there that um, I never felt in danger, but it was off putting. Yeah, especially the the footsteps. Yeah, that's pretty spooky. Where you know what footsteps sound like, and you know what doors opening and closing and, and people yeah. walking up and down stairs, you know what that sounds like. And literally if, you know, even if you weren't the only one in the, in the school, if you're looking at the other three people and there's footsteps above you, you know, they're not up there. So. Right. And they were hearing it too. Like yes. People would, would look at each other like, what the fuck? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And we, you would, there would be times like I could think of one instance where I was sitting in what, was the men's changing room. It was just the back bedroom of the house. Mm-hmm. And we had some like pseudo lockers in there. And there was the door that went up to the attic in that room. And some stuff had gone on through the the whole class. And, and that door kept opening and slamming as we were talking. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, we, you go and check to see if there's a window open. Or, and it's nothing like that. Right. Where um, my one friend that was sitting there started talking to whatever it was that was opening and slamming that door a little bit out of humor at first yeah but it was responding to everything he was saying that the way the door would open and then lightly close and then it was just it was it was he was having a dialogue yeah yeah that that was one in particular uh, intense time in that school and there was there was a couple incidents that um i i i brought a a girlfriend into the school to show her she it was a um, long distance relationship. So she was in from California and she turned out not to be a very good person. <laughs> um, and I kind of take it this way, uh, which makes me feel like the school was sort of protective, mm. but I took her in and the, the power had been shut off. Like it was kind of at the, the school ended up kind of changing, not really hands, but someone was supposed to take it over and then, they decided they were going to move it to downtown Youngstown. So anyway, we went in, still had my keys, and I wanted to show her the whole school. So I showed her where the sun was coming in, the windows and stuff. Then we went down into the basement, which was completely dark, and I had my flashlight, and I was showing her things, and she just started hitting my arm, like panicking, Mm. and ran up and ran out and I was like we got outside and I was like what what's going on and she insisted that something grabbed her around the throat and was squeezing her down there holy shit and 
Because she wasn't making any sound. She was just hitting yeah, your just arm. Yeah, just freaking out and hitting, you know, oh. and I was in my glory, like, oh, and this is, you know, and this is. Yeah, happened. yeah. And um, th- that was, that left me a little rattled. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I had never been hurt or injured or felt like harm was going to come to me. It was just always. It's just noises and, noises and, and presence. And, yeah. But and that this thing actually gripped her. And... She, yeah, she, she insisted. And she wasn't the type of person to, you know, lie about something like well, that. Well, you and, can see her emotional yeah. reaction to it was real, right? Yeah, she wasn't, she wasn't acting. And, and that might've been the last time I was in the school. <laughs> that might be the last time I was in there too. <laughs> and go. not, not because, you know, of, of that really, it just, like I would have gone back and worked out, but yeah. it just wasn't happening at the time. And I was transitioning into whatever I was, I was, pretty much getting ready to leave to go to California okay. at that point. So so you didn't call up your teacher, Nagasep, uh, a ghost tried to strangle my girlfriend in the basement. I got to <laughs> have to quit this uh, martial no, art. No, no. And, and I, I don't know what his reaction would have been. Like, you know, well, she might want to take a look at herself. There probably would have been something he yeah. would have said. Well, it is. I mean, maybe that was, maybe it was in reaction to the yeah. energy she was bringing. And, and, it yeah it ended up like i shortly after that i you know learned a lot of like uh you know <laughs> so wow not wow. that that makes it right yeah if i guess the moral of that story is if you're a jerk don't go into haunted houses <laughs> <laughs>
didn't know this until you told me, I think, that there, there's, uh, there's some mafia activity around Youngstown, or there had been. Or there, it, yeah, it was, it was, uh, was a there major, was a lot of major. Stronghold. Yeah. Youngstown is a hub for a lot of the bigger cities in that area. So it's not very far from, you know, New York, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. Right. And it, and the way I understand it, it was an easy place to kind of take over in the 50s-ish. Okay. And they did. Like, it. you know, I grew up where that was just, the, there was just this other business that went on there. You know, the, the, the mafia was there. But did they have fronts and things that oh, yeah. everyone was aware of? Yeah, like oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, everyone, there was a fish store down on Wilson Avenue that was... Um, just notorious for being it was a real fish store but there was business in the back and mm-hmm. and everyone had the story of like going in there and hearing something right like someone getting whatever had they had coming to them back there or you know oh heard it happening yeah or heard just it, heard the story yeah, of it yeah oh, heard, wow. heard you know the the um the interactions yeah and and um i i don't know if i was fortunate but I, I got to see a lot of stuff firsthand um, in some regards uh, to a lesser degree. And I'll get back to that. To a lesser degree, my church, the, the main mobsters were members of my church. Okay. What so kind of church? It was a, a Catholic, um, you know, and I went to grade school there. And, and my, my parents were very, like everyone in the community was involved with that church. Everybody was Catholic there? Pretty much. Um you know, and obviously not everybody, but, but it, that's it, the dominant. That's yeah, the dominant. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you know, it, we we had it's just it it seems so normal, but looking back, we had regular um, where there would be these festivals in our church, and there was all this gambling going on, and it was you know the the normal kind of you know the friendly gambling. They would set it up in the in the. Uh, the basketball no oh, okay. no we had a we had we actually had like a um college level basketball court in oh, our cool. in our grade school that's nice and you know how's that get paid for like it yeah it's kind of it's funny good. was there other was there other stuff like that around town or, or like they like big donations to yeah. oh yeah yeah this and, that? and we had a donations board in our this big plaque that gave the the top donor donors uh, it was always in the in the church itself in the 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 main mobsters were always the top two on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, there, there'd be the, all the gambling going on, you know, the chuckaluck and the, you know, where you pick things or the, the, the fish was one where these, these little fish on this, there, there was this, uh, this circular, um, little water canal type thing. And there'd be fish with numbers on the bottom of them. And you had a, you had a fishing rod with a, Really? The, yeah. Actual ma- fish with... No, the- no, no, no. They were little uh, um, magnetic fish. Oh, okay. And you, you, there'd be a magnet on. They were little metal fish. I've seen that. I know what you're talking about now. And then you have a... Yeah, you catch the fish and then you got to match. I don't even remember how it worked, but... Color-coded or something. I would play that forever. And, and it was just a normal thing. And it was gambling. Like yeah. you, you paid and you won you or lost. Money. But in the back room, there was always full-on tables. High and, stakes. Yeah. Um, which you know there would be all this smoke pouring out of right. these back rooms. So, um, so the gangsters were kind of present around. Uh, I mean, calling them gangsters is a little bit. Maybe that's 
not appropriate, but maybe it is. Uh, I, I guess. I mean, were they just inter- interlaced within the community, yeah. but everybody was like, look out for so and so, or there was you know, never a, Joe there was did. never a look out for like okay. they 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 were part of the community, and it was weird. They were doing a lot of illegal stuff, but also, you know, there 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 was a an interaction that was really normal. Hmm. Like I I knew a lot of the you know family members you went to school with them like there wasn't anything really strange if you weren't in that okay like i i didn't i didn't see any of like the bad stuff you'd hear about it mm-hmm. um there'd be it just was it was just it would be something that happened um well you were saying you did see something well, some stuff firsthand my best that? friend um his cousin was married into the, the main the main family okay what was the name of them can you say it or is it i don't know yeah. um i don't know if that's safe or not okay. never i mind. mean we're just you know disrespectful yeah never mind because there are still mem- members that live uh there but they were they ran that entire area mm-hmm. and um because of that there were there were it was mostly gambling machines out of the vending business that my friend's cousin, who was also my friend, but he was older, um, he ran a vending company and they had legitimate machines and then they had, um, you know, non-legitimate machines. Okay. And it was just this fun place to go and hang out. And these, and, and, and that's probably why like, you know, shows like The Sopranos uh, just appeals to me so much is because I saw these people on a regular basis and a lot of them were just kind of goofy characters mm-hmm. who, you know, later in life you learn just how dangerous some of them were, but they were, I was a kid. I yeah. was, you know, anywhere from 14 to probably 18 is when I stopped kind of going around there. Um, were you warned by your parents or by anyone to like stay clear of this or that? Or? Not really. No. Um, and and back to the church, like my folks were involved with that. My mom actually worked for the church. Like she, she donated time. No one actually, yeah, getting it paid. Um, paid and, by God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she, uh, like later in life, I would hear stories that because my parents were very honest people, um, very trustworthy, and my mom would often bring home huge amounts of money. You know, she'd have an honor from the collection from whatever right. to bring it back later to just to know, count it and, and or or she you know just get it off the property and and okay. and because she told she told this one story about this one cop who knew she had I don't know how many thousands and thousands of dollars in her purse <laughs> and he wanted to walk her out to her car and he made this big show about it and she snapped and she was like. Now everyone knows I have this money in right. my purse. Yeah. Nobody knew until, prior. Like, until you had a police escort. Yeah, like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, that's silly. Um, but, I mean, just like that, that's kind of what I'm talking about. The, the interaction, because my parents weren't in the mob or criminals or anything. She just happened to be in the place where she was a trustworthy per- person to <laughs> have, you know, 20 in her in her purse or something like that. And then that money would go back to the church and... And it might have be been the church's. It might have been the church's just, cut. Yeah, I don't know. Was there. Okay. I, I don't. Know. That's amazing. 
um, I'm not really sure how it all worked, but um, I'm sure there was a reason that those things took place in the church. Yeah. Like, I'm sure the church got their end. Like, uh, yeah. It's it's just kind of how everything functioned, I suppose. <laughs> but um, but yeah. Anyway, back to the the vending company. I spent a lot of time there, and I I was I was around a lot of these people, and um, I liked them, and and uh, you know it was sort of funny. Uh, this came up recently where, um, that was like kind of a career choice. Like I I wanted to do that. <laughs> like I saw like we we had this. There was just one, this one, um, probably one of the funniest stories I have from that whole time period where they had gotten some notice that the feds were coming in to raid the different, you know, gambling establishments. Mm -hmm. And I went with my friend to go pull machines out of, you know, I was probably 16 at the time. So we're driving around and we're pulling machines and putting them in this you know putting them in the van and we're you know driving all over like the Youngstown area and every place we go there's you know the double door and they have to clear you to come in yeah. there's all these you know these big goon type people right. like letting you in so you know we're offloading just working all day it was a Saturday and, and super fun don't get mm-hmm. me wrong and we it it culminates with driving to a very rich area of the suburbs of Youngstown, a city called Boardman. And we, we, uh, there's a very famous, uh, football team that owner that lived, uh, lives over there. Um, and we were right near his house. So we pull up in this, you know, huge driveway with this van, we back up. And after the entire day of all this security, the place where we're dropping these machines off we pull into this driveway this really ritzy house and this garage door starts going up and i see these two skinny legs with pantyhose like rolled down and it's this like 80 year old woman she's housing all the illegal she's someone's grandmother and as soon as the door opens up she goes you want sandwiches (laughs) and we were like no ma'am and she's like okay just put them over there and that was the end of it you just unloaded all of them in your garage and that's where they went that's amazing. And uh, yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, and every so often, you know, someone would slip you some money for, for doing that. And it was uh-huh. just like. But you uh, want, so you did that and then you were thinking like, hmm, I could, I could see myself. We didn't know any better. Like yeah. there, I guess the ugly side of it, we never really saw that. You hear about it, but I don't know. You just can turn yourself off to it. Um but we were going to go to my friend's cousin and ask him to see if they could set us up with running a little gambling room. Okay. Which <laughs> I knew nothing about it. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend knew a lot more. Like, he, you know, he's a year older than me. <laughs> but mm-hmm. he knows how to, you know, fix the machines and how they work and how they pay off. And I could figure that stuff out. But we just figured we'd get help from you know, his cousin. And, and as it turned out, him and his wife were having a lot of problems. And I guess to hide where maybe their money came from, she had become a born again Christian. (laughs) And she'd been pushing that on him for years. What do you mean to hide? Like, how would that, how would that mask that? Well, 
I guess if you can't accept where all your money comes from, uh-huh. like where her father has always gotten his money and yeah. where her husband is getting his money. and So it's a way of just cleaning the slate I for guess. her? Like, I don't do this. It's not me. It's not me, even though... I'm in it. Yeah. Yeah. But he um, he got into it. Um, uh, and so by the time he was converting... And when we went and asked him for this, he said, I, in good conscience, cannot set you up with this. Gotcha. And in a lot of ways, probably saved us. Yeah. Because we probably would have screwed up so bad that we would have ended up Gone in jail, jail. or yeah. dead. Yeah. talk a bit about your biz and and how that began and how you know what 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 made you want to make hot sauce or you you maybe that's not even the right title for what um what made me I, i don't know that i ever wanted to make hot it's weird i was i don't know if you if you know that i had a a beef chili business that i started when i still lived in ohio I didn't know you had a business. I knew that you made chili for the Super Bowl every year for yeah, the whole time you lived here. I think. That's where it came from. Okay. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I started it, um, started making it back there. That's where the, the Pimatuni Lake Chili Company came from. My, my friend, um, a friend of mine has a house trailer, a family house trailer on Pimatuni Lake that they're family was a fishing trailer they that's would, in ohio that is in it's in ohio but on the border of pennsylvania okay so um when he was a kid like his dad was an avid fisherman and they would go up and but this house trailer sat there since the 70s and it was you know in pretty bad shape when we started going up there uh like throughout the 90s and even into the 2000s but i had made uh, beef chili over an open fire there. And I just always wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. And this, the recipe to this day is pretty much the same thing I made the very first time. It, it's changed very little, but it was, it was good. It mm-hmm. was, it was great. And people loved it. And I was encouraged to, 
you know, you should sell this. And I started to. Mm-hmm. So I started making it in my kitchen and and it was turning into something. But, it, you know, I wasn't a legal, <laughs> yeah. you know, beef chili business out of my kitchen. Right. And I was learning how to make it a legal business. And at that point, I was so done with Youngstown, Ohio, that I just there was no way I was able to invest the money or time. There was some talk of a friend had some property and we were going to put up a uh, commercial kitchen on the property and turn it into like a little factory. A real biz. But that meant staying there. Right. And I wanted out so bad. Um, I had been going back and forth to California for a while and, and uh, to a lesser degree, San Francisco, I was mostly going to Los Angeles area. Um, and that's where I thought I was actually going to move. And that was always the plan, which is kind of weird now to think about that because I don't think I'd want to live in LA. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I just stopped it and I went to California and years and years and my girlfriend who was now my wife at the time was, she encouraged me to, she was like, you should really, people love that chili. You should do something. Yeah. Just even start small, get a food cart, something. And I, I was fine with just making it for parties and, you know, and then there was the, the Binko de Mayo that, that was the, actually the first time I started making it, the the yearly party. And then it moved to Super Bowls. Um, But, you know, she was always like, you should do something, you know, start a business. You, you, you've got the knack for making, you know, tasty food and you should really do. And so I... I started thinking about it and hot sauce sort of felt like the low hanging fruit. Cause there's, you know, hopefully no meat in it. Right. And I just feel like there's a lot of regulations that you don't have to worry about because of that. So I kind of started this hot sauce business without having any idea how to make hot sauce. <laughs> and, but you knew something about peppers cause well, you make chili. I, I knew a lot about peppers okay. because of, you know, my, my family, my dad had a huge garden. Um, he always wanted to eat hot food, but he kind of struggled with it. Mm. But because of that, I really gravitated to peppers. Okay. So he would plant peppers for me, you know, just certain varieties for me. He'd never touch them himself. But I so I was always messing around, canning peppers, mm. mixing things. So I did have a few concoctions that there was one in particular that I started making um, in San Francisco for, and it, I would have it at parties and stuff. It would be on tables. And there was a few people that used it as a dip. It was meant to be like put on sandwiches or whatever. Okay. But I used that as the basis for my first hot sauce when I was kind of, you know, mashing the ingredients together. And it's largely the same. It, nice. It's changed a little, but... And then from there, I went to the other. That was the jalapeno um, sauce. And then the other ones, I've, uh, I've, I came up with, with you know, uh, other ways of, you know, just mixing things. Um, and there are three varieties? I have three varieties that I'm, I'm, I'm marketing. There's a, there's a fourth that has been very popular with the taste testing, but I, I, I'm not going to be doing anything with that just yet. Cause I, you know, I have my hands full with the three as it is. Um, but, uh, yeah. And it's, it's been very well received both here 
in San Francisco and in Pittsburgh. Awesome. Um, and I'm excited to try the, the the bottles you gave me. Thank you. You're you're very welcome. The um and, and for the listener, it's Binko's pepper sauce. Yes. And the and the chili company is I'm not going to say the name of the lake, <laughs> but uh, Pia no. Pima Tuning. Pima Tuning. Okay. Yeah. So the Binko's Pima Tuning Lake Chili Company, um, which the name of the company actually I initially was just calling it the Pima Tuning Lake Chili Company, using chili in in you know in terms of chili peppers in right. this case, um, and all our marketing friends out here. Uh, um, some of these people you know basically told me if you don't use your last name you're an idiot yeah <laughs> like, like like it just fits all the algorithms and i fought it i really really did for a, yeah i did and um how come i don't know i, I you, do you not like your name or have you like historically not liked your name well that's not our, our my last name is actually bianco it's it's not it was that's an americanized version of a polish last name mm-hmm. um and no, I, I I like it just fine, but I'm I've I don't know I've never been one of those people that slaps my name on anything okay. or needs center stage or I just it feels a little weird to me. Okay. Um, so I I did I did fight putting my name there and and it took some convincing. Yeah. And by people I really trust, very smart people, including my now wife, like use your last name. Yeah. And I I. Are, are you happy that you did now? Yeah, I am. I am. Good. I would have fought for that for you, for that too. I would have pushed you to use it. Yeah. And uh Yeah, it's and it's I've that's part of the whole trademark fight too is is being able to use my last name. It's kind of happening right now. Are you Oh, you're in a trademark battle? Well, for, not a battle, for but your just own? I have to just prove that I'm I could use my last name. <laughs> Isn't that bizarre? It is. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, it was put on the back burner, you know, never completely just dead in the water, so to speak. It, like there was always a little something going on, but um, you know, I have I have right now the ability to to go full steam ahead and and have been and been getting a lot of help from some really good people. That's awesome, man. And, uh, Congratulations. Yeah, I feel like it's it's about to turn the a major corner right now. Nice. Um, you're so, you're going to level up level up yeah um but you know that one of the things is that i'm about to do is start navigating the the policies of the county i live in oh wow and yeah and there's That's you know there's interesting yeah there's a lot i've been, I've it, been you might be expected to like slide an envelope across the I, desk i don't at some know point. i don't know but like it's it's where i'm from that yeah. wouldn't surprise me. You like might, if you might have to get a con, some consulting from if, a local, from a long time local. Still happens. I could believe it. Yeah. Right. Excuse me. Do I have to give a bribe when I, <laughs> when I fill out this paperwork? Yeah. Just start asking. Just when the I go standard in. application. Do I still need to bribe you? There's no box on here that says bribe. Yeah. At right. what point will that happen? Right. Which, which pocket uh, do I slide uh, this yeah. hundred into? Uh, if, yeah. If it's only a hundred. No. It's <laughs> um. But yeah, it is. It is exciting, and um, it, and it, other people have done it. It can be done. I've talked to a lot of people um, that have gone through the process, and it's like, okay, you know, I could do this. It feels daunting at first, right? Yeah. Did and you have to do? It's incorporated, so did you have to? I. That's uh, well, all boring shit to talk it, about. It is, but I yeah, I am. A, I'm actually an LLC at this point. Okay. Um, cool. uh, which 
you know, I have a, having a wife as an attorney is, is, uh, that helps. Is, is helpful. Yeah. 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 That's so cool, man. Well, it, that's pretty amazing given what a lot of people are experiencing work wise. Yeah. That, that you're actually growing and can, can continue to expand it. That's awesome. It's kind of crazy. Like when the pandemic hit, um, orders really started flooding in. Everybody's cooking at home. Yeah, everyone wanted hot sauce. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I was you know shipping a lot all over the country and and uh, yeah, it was just like oh man, like there's how how long does it take you? Like how long does a batch take you from start to finish? Uh, it's I don't I don't ferment. Okay. So, and the reason for that is because I didn't know how to make back to the point where I said I didn't know how to make hot sauce. Uh-huh. So I didn't follow the normal hot sauce user's guide that everybody does. Like I did something else. So That's I, cool. I, so I, the product I ended up with was because of not having a clue what I was doing. <laughs> That's amazing. And I it's... mean, you know, other than knowing how to mix things together. Yeah. Because I think I'm pretty good at that, uh, to make something taste good. That sounds like it. Um, so they, they all vary. They're They're kind of different the processing for um from one to another does vary but it's you know the better part of a month um okay. to get it into the bottle and how big of how big is a batch like what, what do you do they vary also they okay. keep getting bigger um you know you gotta remember that a lot of this is all just starting out on you know home kitchen mm-hmm. so you're only going to make so much in your home kitchen uh but so do you it, have like four burners or six burners or like do you have like a thousand bottles on the it depends it depends what i'm in the the bottling process and the prep process are never together okay so it's it's you know hot sauce and then it has to do its thing and um and then you eventually what is its thing what does it have to do it simmer is it simmer well it ages and there's there's some processing like some of the sauces have a, a step in there that does something else to it okay it's not a boom bottle done you know it's never like that um but uh yeah they're they're it's all based on there's a formula and that's the term you have to use it's not recipe when you go into full-on production um it's science it, it is and um just i don't know why i didn't work as a recipe like i actually used weights so i had I had weight measurements okay. for everything, and that's the way you build a recipe. It's right. not the way you, or that's the way you build a formula, but not a recipe. So there's no like, I didn't use teaspoons and tablespoons, and I use specific weights. Everything okay. was off of a scale, and just little did I know, I was doing the thing I was supposed to do. Just I, I kind of force gump my way through a lot of things. <laughs> I really do. Where it's just that's like awesome, and um. Which might mean you're like it was meant to be. Like you're the you are the person that's supposed to be doing this because you've been if, gifted with the knowledge it, like, as it's needed. It feels like that sometimes. It really does. That's awesome. Sometimes it just feels so easy, and other times, I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> Do you want to keep doing it though? Yeah. That, the goal is I I want this to be a, a business. Like I I would love to have employees that have good health care and make a good wage. And like my wife and I have talked about this, where we would like to be in a position where we could fund things, where money can go into, to, you know, 
foundations of whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Which she's largely in that now. She's, she's very much in social justice world and, and, but yeah, we have talked about that, like getting to a point where that, that's a big part of what's going on. Like none of us, neither of us, like we've never wanted to be obscenely rich. Like I, 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 you know, we both grew up pretty, you know, I'll say poor, Mm -hmm. um, you know, our parents scraped by and, uh, yeah, like we don't need much. So that's never been the goal of, you yeah. know, I need a Lamborghini or maybe five. Like right. this, you know. But you do want to grow the business for, because it's a great Definitely. product, and it's, Definitely. You want to, there's community involved, and it's your thing. It's your it's your jam. Yeah, nobody I, else doing it. And I have other products in mind. Other, yeah. Other yeah. There's there's secret or or public. Well, there's other hot sauces in mind. There is there is there is a. Um, it probably won't change, but there is another uh, formula, recipe, whatever you want to call it, that is very good. It's excellent. It's not even just very good. And there has been some taste testing, and people are blown away by it. It's like it's supposed to be my hot sauce, the, okay. the, the hottest of them, um, which, you know, the, there's not a lot of energy right now to devote to that, um, to threes enough, having that on, on the plate. Um, but, yeah, there's there's other pepper related uh condiments if you will that Mm -hmm. i've thought about i've got some experiments going on right now that you know some very good others are like this could be good it's Uh i'm not sure uh so how how much of your time do you spend just messing around with formulas and trying new stuff um it depends on much time i have Mm -hmm. like in the like in the, the situation with right now where you know i've been walking two different worlds of coming to San Francisco and and doing some work sometimes, you know, in the real life where I'm, I'm a, a, you know, plumbing contractor and carpenter and Mm -hmm. I still live in that world um, on occasion. And, uh, and frankly, I I enjoy coming out here and doing some work. I I work with friends that I love Mm -hmm. dearly and I enjoy spending, you know, a handful of weeks with them. But needless to say, when I'm doing that, I'm not, doing hot sauce stuff yeah at least hands-on like there's a lot of stuff waiting for me when i get back can you Uh, hire someone to be your sort of right hand i probably could and i probably will eventually but right now it's it's not it's not really in the cards Mm -hmm. um and i'm just i don't know how to do that like everything's i'm hands-on right now and everything's sort of i have control over it uh i'm not good at relegating relegating tasks no like i i i've not i'm i'm just not that good at that i don't think i am either like i know how to do stuff and i do it a certain way and i'm kind of a perfectionist Mm -hmm. and it's so i i sort of had the like it would be easier for me to just do it than tell you what i'm doing yeah um i know that's gonna have to change and i have been putting some thought to that how this sauce could be prepared by other people because mm-hmm. it's going to have to happen. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things like with this, where there's, there's this thing called a co-packer, which basically you, they either completely prepare your product and package it, or you get them your product and they package it, mm. which is kind of something that most people have to do. Eventually, Eventually, if you get big enough. Yeah. If you don't have a factory or... You yeah, know. you don't have 80 hands. Yeah. You can't do it. Um, and I don't know how that's all going to shake out. I really don't. A lot of this is... I'm 
I don't want to say I'm making it up as I'm going along, but I'm learning as I'm going along and going, oh, okay, yeah, I have to do that now. That's cool. That's, I think, a great way to be. It's, it's just um, the way you are. There, I, I know some people who have some small businesses. Um, my uh, wife's god sister has a motorcycle company in Boston who is just so impressive. She, this, this is a company that was built in the yard of her parents' house, mm-hmm. like just fixing motorcycles, where now they have this major business where they customize motorcycles, they, they uh, fix people's bikes. They, it's just it's this huge company that is kind of world-known. People come in just to get T-shirts. That's cool. What's it called? It's uh, called Madhouse Motors. And they just opened up a huge facility that has like a retail space and coffee shop in it in Boston, which I didn't realize was as big as they are. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, they're amazing. Just... But some people, some people just know how to do that shit, or they're good at it. Well, somehow. they definitely figured it out as they were going along. Like she, she's, you know, just put it all together, mm-hmm. and every hurdle. But I, I've, you know, I take people like that and look at them and just use use them for inspiration, or you know, they are inspiration. Yeah. And and um, so whenever I'm feeling like oh, yeah, peppers, yeah, you know, I I. I you get you, motivated. You could find by... those people in your life and and go, you know, okay, just take a page from their book and that's cool. You know, and don't worry about what you did in high school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that one incident. God, I wish we could just get like a pass at the end. It just says like all is forgotten, all is forgiven. Yeah. Like you don't have to worry about that anymore yeah. when you when you leave your your old life behind. Just be like don't that was you then. That is not the person that you are or aim to be. Um, I think that's exactly, you just, you kind of hit the nail on the head there where your old life, because going back home, so to speak, I, I feel like I'm back in my old life at times. Like there, yeah. I feel like there was a life I left when right. I moved to California and, get and pulled back into it. And, and it's that walking that line of like, okay, I don't really care to go down that road. Like I, yeah. or this weird, like, you know, having, having people around you that are exactly as they were back then. Yeah, like they really have not changed. And that there's nothing wrong with that. But well, for me or for maybe some people, it's like, I, I yeah. Know. Yeah. I don't want to call it wrong, but it doesn't, it, it kind of only works where it is. It doesn't, it's not applicable everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like you can't take that. And, and that's true with anything, I guess, but, the more open-minded you are, the more you can let in. And if you're not open-minded, then it's hard. It's hard to open it. You don't, you know, yeah. you're not going to do it on your own. You need somebody to show you. But it's it's also hard to, like, be that person, to be the you know, the Californian yeah. that strolled back in here and thinks they know yeah. better. I'm sure they want to give you a hard time for that. And that could be a little weird. Outsider syndrome. Yeah. And it's like, I'm really not an outsider. (laughs) I was born right there. Well, you just got to say your words, right? You just got to say all the Pittsburgh slang in the right way. I will sometimes use some of that. Yeah. Like when, yeah. Just to to fit in more or to like to get by in in a situation. If it's, if it's, you know, applicable, I might, I might do a few things. You say yin's guys. Drop some, drop some R's and. This, um, This floor needs swept. Needs swept. Yeah. That, that's one that. 
I remember when that was pointed out to me. That was at a party in Oakland. Really? Yeah. And I could remember the moment because there was a bunch of us here. Yeah. And and uh, I remember exactly when that was pointed out. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, we sound like idiots. <laughs> and that actually originated in Pittsburgh. That, That's, that yeah, phrase? It's, it's based in Polish. Because huh. in translation, it's that there it's is the no, past tense, there's no sorry. to be. Right. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. So that's the reason. It'd be cool to see like why, where these, how dialects develop and like very specific phrases actually came out of these stories that you would never know if you weren't from there. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's something I've never thought about. Right. Um, until you put it up against somebody else who said, you need to sweep the floor. Or, yeah, it was just in conversation, someone said, oh, I get it now, and pointed out how all five of you say this and, uh-huh. and why that's wrong. <laughs> and then when you start hearing it, you're like, okay, yeah, that yeah. sounds really... And, I, I mean, I have friends with doctorates in English back there that... That still say stuff like that? that they've never changed. That's, that's amazing. All, yeah, everything needs done. Yeah, that's really funny. And, uh, yeah, when you have, like, people you think of as authorities saying something, you're not going to ever really question it. Well, I did. I, I do. <laughs> what was it in Michigan? Was that, that wasn't. Oh, you mean in terms of, like, the the common phrases and stuff? Yeah. yeah I didn't, like, I didn't. That wasn't one that made it that far, right? No, no. I don't know that, I mean, Michigan has a very specific accent, which, yeah, yeah. which thankfully I was able to shed for the most part, um, but. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are phrases mm-hmm. there that are only there or in that region. I can't, I can't, none are coming to mind. Yeah. When you're in them, you're, they hit you. Yeah. Just as what yeah. you say. Yeah. I, on a daily basis. Well, I used, I mean, I was, I've said cool my whole life. Oh, that's cool. I've said that forever. And then I started saying it in, I think probably in Colorado when I moved there and, and they're like, what? <laughs> Why are you saying cool? And, I don't know what they were saying. Rad. Mm. I don't know. I was like, why are you saying rad? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, um, yeah, I don't know. Cool apparently was not cool to say. Or sweet. We used to say sweet. Sweet, we, we were, yeah, we were the, yeah. we were sweet also. But that was pretty young. Like we didn't, we didn't say sweet after you were 18 or so. I still hear it back there. Yeah. There, that's, and what I was saying earlier is, I'm trying to it's bring a time some warp. Of the, I want to bring it back. I want to bring all the old language back. That's the only part of the past I want to live in. There are some phrases out here that I'm glad I never picked up. Like I, I might have been too old to grab yeah. them, but like the hella, like hella. Oh yeah. my god, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. lucked out if you were yeah. from here, and you, you probably would be saying it. There are some people here who uh, were in the music scene and had done interviews mm-hmm. like in their late teens for local radio stations Yeah, that they've, you know, as an adult went back and listened to and, you know, hella is being dropped every <laughs> other word and it's super like, cringe worthy. Completely embarrassed. Yeah. 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 Well, it's not anybody's fault really. Yeah. It's just the way it works. Stupid, I mean, we, the things that people say now with modern language and texting is some of the dumbest I mean, people actually say LOL. Yeah. They say the words. I know. That's pretty awesome. OMG. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm looking at the time, and I think we're in a good place to wrap. How are you feeling? You want to keep 
No, Is there I'm, anything you didn't talk about you wish you had? Oh, I'm sure in 20 years I'll be like, oh. Yeah, or in 20 minutes. Or <laughs> 20 minutes. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm feeling fine about it. Okay, good. Yeah. Your nervousness went away, I hope? Um, my, I always have a nervousness when I'm talking to I'm I'm kind of an introvert a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've known you a long time, but. But we've never sat down face to face to have a, an in-depth conversation about. N- with microphones, no. Yeah, with, no. while recording. Um, but yeah. did you feel uncomfortable doing it? No, or do you feel all right? no, not at all. All right, not good. Not at all. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you sharing, no, you. sharing yourself. I appreciate you having me. Thanks for... Yeah, it was just a lucky thing that you happened to be around. Yeah. When I asked. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, it's good to see you. The same here. And congrats on, on what you're doing. It's really awesome oh, to see th- it. Thank you very much. successful. And I'm going to try it today. I'm going to have, I'm gonna have <laughs> today. One, one or both of those within the next... Well, a couple hours. I, I, all I ever ask for is just brutal honesty. Well, I'm sure I don't, I'm not an, an expert on, by any means. I mean, I'm not even a novice. I'm a total beginner when it comes to hot sauce. So I, I like Tapatio. That was the one that I found that, that that's a solid sauce. Yeah. That's, that's but, a... but I don't, I mean, I'm going to, I'm pretty sure I'm going to like it more than anything I've had so far. I've had quite a few. Uh, people, it's usually secondhand where someone uh, will say, I or say my son or daughter hates spicy stuff and they yeah. cannot stop eating this. Oh, awesome. And that's a huge compliment. Yeah, it is. That is a huge compliment. I just, a couple of days ago, just got another one of those. And, okay. Well, if um, I can get my daughter to eat some, that'll be, it'll be a glaring compliment, a glowing, a glowing review because she's not into spicy at all. Well, let me know. I'll let you know. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for, for coming. Yeah, it was super fun. Really appreciate it. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, it's the awkward time where you say goodbye while you're standing, sitting face-to-face with someone. <laughs> so this is how I sign off. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'll, I'll see you soon. Yeah, probably like right after you hit that button. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's my friend Tim Binko. That's B-I-N-K-O. And the reason you should know how to spell it is because he makes some fantastic uh, pepper sauces, uh, a few different varieties. It's uh, you can check them out on the Instagram um, at Binko's Pepper Sauce, and um, the full company name is Binko's Pima Tuning Lake Chili Co. But um, it's really good. I'm not. I as I said in the in our conversation, I'm not. I, I don't know much about it, but I know that I like the taste of these things, even not being a you know hot sauce guy. Oh, a hot sauce guy. That's a weird thing to say. Um, people cannot be summed up by one term. Did it? Did you all know that? I'm. I. Uh, I think I need to be reminded sometimes. Uh, people are more than one or two or a dozen things. We are vast and we are all connected and that's what it's all about. So let's be kind 
to one another and let's be mindful of our interactions even with those that we disagree with even when it's difficult especially when it's difficult perhaps uh, I don't know why I'm telling you what to do I have a hard time with this kind of stuff I think saying it out loud uh, is helpful for me and hopefully for you as well whoever you may be and whatever you may carry with you along on this oh might I say journey I don't think that's ever been used as a term to sum up a life super original spiritual uh, you know shit is what you find here Uh, so if you want to support this podcast which by the way I've been talking about some changes coming up and I've probably been talking for a long time about it it feels like it everything feels like it's been going on for almost forever and uh lately and uh but the changes are are coming and i have a plan and it's in action and i'm amping it back up so i'm gonna start to do the episodes a little bit more frequently i'm gonna change the name of it i'm gonna uh, reveal some other stuff later so yeah if you want to support the podcast you can find it a place to do that at uh patreon.com slash outspoken podcast and i would appreciate whatever you want to give you can actually choose a tier where you get rewards or you can choose any number you want i think i think that's how it works i don't know uh maybe go find out and let me know but uh i love you all you're the best at being you and uh i'm working on being a better me and i'm gonna invite you all to come along and participate in that exposition okay see you soon real soon i hope bye